Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. I'm Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God day by day and talk about things that are significant and important in our lives. So I'm glad you're with me. And I've been, this week, we're talking about questions that I often get asked when I'm out preaching on campus. I don't know if you realize this, but there's been a surge in people who would claim to have no religion. They're still the minority, but amongst college students, they're, they're, they've grown significantly. And a surge of them that would claim to be agnostic. Now, they, many of them want to make clear that they're not atheist. Why is that? Atheism was very popular for many, many years, and I'd say it reached its peak in the early 2000s with some of the books uh, like The God Delusion and God is Not Great and some of these things, and it became very popular to be an atheist. But it wasn't long before they realized atheism is an indefensible position intellectually. And of course, atheists want to imply or say or declare that they're smarter than other people, and they figured it out. So they've now adopted a position of agnosticism. They can't know, although they would sometimes call themselves an agnostic atheist. They can't know, but they assume there's probably not a God. And they also assume that you can't know for sure. Since they don't know, you don't know. And this is their attitude. And so the skeptic or the agnostic, the agnostic atheist will often say to me, I see no evidence of God anywhere. Now, this is difficult for me to hear. I sometimes tell them, I think their argument would be better if they would say, I don't see sufficient evidence. I don't see enough evidence to convince me. When they say they see no evidence, they indicate that either they've got an extremely closed mind or they've just not looked into it at all. But they continue to say, no, I see no evidence at all. And sometimes I wonder, you know, Jesus said in John chapter 11, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Of course, we want to say just the opposite. If you show me, then I'll believe. God says, believe first, and then he shows us. And that's an important lesson for us believers to keep in mind as we think of our lives and as we talk about this. As we believe, God shows us. God goes into action on the basis of faith, not on the basis of unbelief and doubt. And so when this person says, though, that they see no evidence of God, uh, often I'll answer, and sometimes for the sake of others who are around, who they also, you know, they say, yeah, I've kind of wondered the same question, even though I think he's there, but they've got the same question. So I give them this little test. I say, in the next five seconds, I'd like you to give me evidence. And I point out, not proof. Proof is something beyond any doubt right? But even in a courtroom, we say proof beyond reasonable doubt. We'd say, is a person guilty beyond a reasonable doubt? You can never, it's rarely that it's beyond all doubt whatsoever. And so we would say beyond a reasonable doubt, can you give me evidence? And I give them a little test. Evidence for the existence of, um, of an author. And I say, you've got five seconds. And they say, well, I could go find an author. I said, not in five seconds, you can't. You got to give me evidence right now for the existence of an author. And I start counting down and they think about it. And you know, if they're a first or second year student, they can usually get it. Grad students have a bigger problem with this. What's the answer? The answer is there's books. 
That's the evidence of an author. You don't need to go find an author. If anyone say, I've got a book right here, but I don't believe in authors unless I go meet one, you'd say you're crazy. You're silly. You would never actually do that. No, indeed, the evidence of an author is a book. What's that? So I give another try. What's the evidence of a watchmaker? How do we know watchmakers exist? You don't have to go meet one. I have never met a watchmaker. I'm convinced they exist. Why? Got a watch. And anyone who sees a watch knows you can't. You, that didn't come about by putting it in a shoebox and shaking it for a billion years. Putting the pieces in a shoebox and shaking it. No, you need to have someone assemble it. I say the same thing for architect. Give me evidence of an architect. Well, what's the evidence? The building. You can't have buildings without an architect. You can't have a shoestring without a shoestring maker. You can't have a shirt without a shirt maker. You can't. You see all of these things everywhere we see design and pieces that have come together. At the same time, the same place, the same in the proper order, the same time, the same place to perform a function. We know there is a designer who brought it together. And so we we point out that design requires a designer, a building requires a builder, a book requires an author, a creation requires a creator. And I point out that this ticker in my chest is a lot more complex than the ticker on my shoulder, on my wrist. My eye is far more complex than my glasses that would require an optometrist to make, to do the prescription and figure out how to correct my vision. One cell in my body is more complex than that building over there. And one DNA in my body has more information than most books, almost any book. And so we would say that the book, the building, the glasses, the, the watch all needed someone to put it together. We're far more complex, far more well-designed, far more moving parts. None of that, we're alive. That's another question. Where did life come from? And all of this comes together to say there must be someone who made us. But of course, their question will be then, the skeptic, they, they're well-versed. They've heard this argument. And they said, well, if everything needed a creator, then who created God? And my answer is, nobody created God, and technically, that's not what we're claiming. Listen to this argument carefully. This is our argument. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe must have a cause. But the universe cannot, the universe is composed of space, time, and matter. Now, the universe could not have created itself. It began to exist. So something before space, something before time, something before matter must have created the universe. Something before space, infinite. Something before time, eternal. Something before matter, spiritual. And there we have the definite definition of the Christian God. Something eternal, something uh, uh, infinite, and something spiritual must have created the universe composed of space, time, and matter. And here we have God. Note in mind, keep in mind, we do not say everything has a begin as a creator. No, we say everything that begins to exist has a creator. The universe began to exist. We know that, kind of technical how we know it, but because of entropy, we know that the universe has not come to 100% entropy. And entropy is the decrease of order. If the universe had been eternal, we would have come to a 100% decrease by now. 
but the fact that we have not shows it had to have had a beginning point. It can't have been eternal. And so, but God is eternal. So you get into some technical arguments there, but these are issues that demonstrate and make the philosophical argument, and many people have never heard these. What a shame that in philosophy classes, what a shame that in our schools, people don't hear this intellectual case that there must be a creator. They've been taught all about evolution. They've been taught that a big explosion from a little thimble full of matter billions of years ago has created all the planets and all the universe and all the uh, all, all the galaxies and all that came from an explosion of billions of years ago. When it, to me, it certainly makes far, far more sense to believe that order came from someone made the order. A creation requires a creator. But understand something. There's always far, something far deeper. And by the way, our verse for the day is Romans 1 verse 20, where we read that how do we know there's a God? Verse 20, for since the creation of the world... God's invisible attributes and divine and eternal power, invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. You can look at the universe and you understand things about God. You understand he's big, he's infinite. You understand, you understand that he's got all, anyone who could have made all this information must have been all-knowing. Anyone who could have made this universe must be all-powerful. We understand about God that there's life everywhere. Whoever created this universe must have been alive. We see that love is a good thing. He must have been loving. We find out about his personality by the, the things that we all strive to be and strive to avoid. We even might know that there's a triune God. See, there's one universe, but the universe is composed, as I said earlier, space, time, and matter. Three, there's a threeness and a oneness at the same time. One universe composed of space, time, and matter. And of course, each of those have their own triunity, right? Space is height, height, width, and depth, time, past, present, future, matter, gas, liquid, and solid. And so we see this threeness and oneness in our universe. This is not proof of a trinity, but it is certainly evidence that the God who, who has declared himself to be the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the one God revealed in three persons, and in our one universe, and this threeness that is everywhere we go. See, God has left his mark. These are the things young people should be learning in school. It would cause them to stand in awe of the Almighty rather than conclude, as so many are doing now, that there is no God, or if there is, he's irrelevant. In life, it is important to understand, though, that in, in, that it's often more, more reasons than just the intellectual for which people don't believe in God. I must add it's changing. For many, many years, I would, if I encountered an atheist, the odds were extremely high. He was raised in a family. He or she was raised in a family that believed in God, and he or she chose to rebel and reject that. Nowadays, it's becoming far more common. I don't know if I'd say it's 50% yet, but it might be close to that, of an atheist I encounter who were raised by atheists, whose parents never took them to church, never taught them about God. They never talked about God. And so these kids are left to themselves and they, and they, they don't find the answer. And so our, our, our country is changing. We are getting into the second and third generation of where atheism is popular. We're into the second and third generation, as you might know, of the sexual revolution. Parents have had children and they're raising them differently. They're raising them without moral values without Christian moral values. They're raising them without a faith in God. They're raising them 
entirely secular, and these now more and more of them are, are on our university campuses. doesn't bode well for our country, to be honest. But Scripture says in Psalm 14.1 that the fool has said in his heart there's no God. Now, this does not mean, when a fool doesn't mean someone's acting like a clown or they're not very smart. It's referring to their moral life, their, their, their rejection of God, their, their inability to live a life of wisdom. Wisdom sees life from God's perspective. Wisdom applies knowledge from God's perspective. Foolishness only sees man's perspective, and God is not a part of it. The fool has said in his heart there's no God, but there is. And so when you want to talk to someone who doesn't believe in God, give them intellectual arguments. You've got, we need to do that. But understand that it's usually far deeper than that. Because true faith requires a commitment, a submission, not only of the mind, but also of the heart and the will. And so we need to talk to them about this as well. And we need to encourage them, pray. I often say with an atheist, could we just spend a moment and pray and say, God, if you're there, would you reveal yourself to me? It's interesting, some atheists will let me do that. Some agnostics will let me do that. But some agnostics who say you can't know, they're, they're nervous, they're uncomfortable. They say, no, 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 you can't pray that. Well, I say, no wonder you don't know. You claim that you don't know, you'd like to know, but you can't, but you're afraid to even say, God, if you're there, I want to know. Dare I say, I've known of more than one person who did not believe in God but they had the courage to pray, God, if you are there, I want to know it. And if you show yourself to me, I will believe and I will follow. Of course, refusing to pray that reveals that there is the deeper issue of rebellion against God. They don't want to know. But if they're willing to pray that sincerely, and they're willing to say, God, and humble themselves in that way, they just might find out. In Matthew 11, God says, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to babes. Yes, Father, for thus it was well-pleasing in your sight. That doesn't mean, I don't think that means he, you know, he reveals it to two-year-olds and hides it from you know, people who, who got an education. I think what he's saying is he hides it from the know-it-alls. He hides it from those who are proud and arrogant in their knowledge. So the more we know, We've got to be careful we don't become proud, arrogant, know-it-alls, because God reveals his truth to the humble. And so we want to be humble, and we want to encourage others to be humble. And why not humble before God? As we've talked earlier, the one who has all knowledge, all power, the one who created the universe, why not be humble before him? He cer we certainly should be. That's our proper place. Father in heaven, we bless you today. And we thank you that the mark of who you are, your eternal power, your divine nature, it's everywhere we look. There's life everywhere, and you're the living God. There's beauty everywhere, and you're the one who created it. There's, there's conscience and, and, and right and wrong and a sense of, of, of moral obligation everywhere in every person. And that came from you. You wrote your law in our heart. We praise you today. You are the living God. You're not an absent God. You're not the watchmaker who just wound up the world and let us go and, and have nothing to do. You're active in our lives. You're active in our world. And all who seek you find you and get to know you and have a relationship with you. Lord, I think of those people who say that they don't know God and they don't think it's possible and how they dismiss, they're so dismissive of the hundreds of millions of people 
who say that, God, you have been real to us. You've been personal to us. And so, Lord, we see that when that's the case, it's not just the intellectual uh, thinking they have. There's a pride in their life. There's a pride that dismisses others' experience that just says, because they have not had it, we don't have it. And so we pray, Father, in our, in our land, as there's more and more agnostics and atheists, as our schools are teaching it and it's becoming more entrenched, as we're generations into atheism now, and even parents who don't believe in God are raising children who don't believe in God. Oh, Father, we pray for mercy upon our land. We pray for mercy upon our, our, our neighbors and our friends. We pray for mercy upon those who are raising, who are being raised by parents who don't believe in you. Father, open the eyes of blind people, we pray. You've done it before. We ask you to do it again. We would pray for revival in our land. Sometimes, Lord, we just fear our, our nations. It's on a downward slope and it can't be saved. And it can't be apart from your miraculous hand. And so we come to you again and we pray to you again. And we cry out to you again, oh God, have mercy on people. Open up the eyes of, of blind people who don't see you. We pray for many, many people to be saved. We pray, Lord, for atheists and agnostics. We pray for intellectual thought leaders to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And we thank you, your hand is not so short that it cannot save them. And we pray, Father, for your salvation to spread far and wide to people all over our nation, the, the rich, the poor, the highly educated, the, the not so educated, people of each ethnic group, every tribe, every tongue. Lord, there's so many people in our nation here that have come from all over the world. How we pray for people to find Jesus Christ, people of other religions, people of no religion. Help us, Father, to be active in sharing our faith that we might lead others to Christ, we pray. Bless this day. Help us to look for opportunities this day to serve you, to share the faith, to encourage someone, to share a testimony, to share the gospel. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. So, so glad to have you along with me today. If you're new, a special welcome to you. I hope you do subscribe and hit the notify button. Like, tell me where you're from. Uh, go ahead and, and I read these later. So you can leave, if you watch later in the day, you can leave your comment. Tell me who you are, how you know me, where you're from. I always like to know. And share with this with your friends. We, we talk about relative topics here every day as we get into the Word of God. And as I've said before, I'm just going to say it again. Come here every day, day after day, for the next several months. Your life will change. God's word is life-changing. Get into it. Let it change you. Get it into you. And one way to do it is to be here each morning or later on in the day. You can watch at your leisure or uh, listen on the podcast, which is on the Apple, Spotify, and Google platforms. You can find me there. Search for The Tom Short Show. Okay. God bless you. Walk in the spirit. Be blessed today. Be strong in the Lord. Look for opportunities for him to use you because he will. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.